gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. What's happening everybody, welcome to a special episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. I'm your host Scott McLeod and today we'll be previewing the very first show from the brand new wrestling promotion AEW. But first, a bit of housekeeping. Make sure you're subscribed to us on all good Android podcasting sites, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Give us a nice rating, five stars if you can. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Suplex Retreat. And if you've got any spare time, check out our brand spanking new website. <laughs> With all our shows and previous interviews, as well as a few written features. And as we're talking about a show from a company called All Elite Wrestling, I've Resembled. A decent, somewhat, <laughs> somewhat serviceable panel. A decent, that's a stretch. B and M. That's why I changed it to serviceable. <laughs> As we're previewing Double or Nothing, we we took a gamble on a special guest and got nothing. It's Stephen Wilson. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <Back> Scott. <laughs> Last payback for two weeks ago. It's true. Um, that, that is my one great contribution to this podcast. I look back on these introductions, but it was pa- that was passable. So yes, it's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's fine that we're talking about a card that features a fight between two brothers, as I too have a brother that is one egotistical son of a bitch. <laughs> this is my brother, Ross. I mean, it's hard not to be egotistical when you're quite clearly the favourite. No, no you're not. But he tells himself to get himself to sleep at night. You've never been tired your mother's Facebook posts. <laughs> it's because I go out and talk to other people other than my mother. <laughs> Fucking Norman Bates hosting this week. <laughs> Well, before we say something we regret, we'll move on. <laughs> As we're talking about a show with some of the best wrestlers in the world, we wanted one of the best wrestlers in the world on this panel. But Cal wasn't available, so we've got Steve Strang. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's totally fine. I think you're doing the show at the, X, the Vision show with me, so that's fine. Be <laughs> oh, that's when his birthday is, man. Oh, oh. I'm going to rip you up like a canoe. <laughs> It's only a few minutes in the show, you've broken up already. <laughs> you gonna be okay? I'm, I'm fine. Now, you don't have to have the hearing of Cody Rhodes and being the elite to hear this man. What's up, what's up? <laughs> Are you doing your recovering? I'm recovering. <laughs> well, let's get into it, shall we? <sighs> let's talk about, first, before we get into the car, we'll talk about what's happened that led us here. Now, there's been rumours of a new promotion featuring Cody and the Bucks and also Chris Jericho. For some time now, it was finally announced on January 1st of this year when uh, the Elite's contracts all expired at the exact same time. There was rumours, are they going to go to WWE, are they going to re-sign with New Japan? But it seemed like they were all going to stay together. And now they're being backed by the Khan family. Khan! <laughs> is what Vince says at night. <laughs> and uh, Tony Khan is one of the main bags behind this. He's, uh, by all accounts, a massive wrestling fan. He's been on Jericho's podcast talking about how he... Asked his dad, instead of getting a car for his graduation, he's asking you pay me, give me the money to go to Philadelphia at CECW. Nice. And uh, apparently, Tony Khan's father's net worth is apparently worth $7.3 billion. Which is, and comparison to Vince, which is apparently $3.2 billion, which is still nothing to sniff at. But like, when you've got this backing for somebody with worth that much money, you know maybe they'll have enough money for Pyro once in a while. Okay. He must oh. be breaking it. Yeah. Oof, defense. Aye. Oh yeah. Well, oh. 
<laughs> Shaggy can try to buy Wembley recently as well. <laughs> well, just to buy it though. I'll buy that. See, what all these rich billionaires do is uh, they were, it must have been like not good at football and bullied as a kid because they were just doing something else. So to get their revenge, they now buy all these football teams to play Big League Subutio or something. <laughs> to be fair, he bought. They own Fulham. Yeah, they own. And judging by the last 12 months, that's not really a good thing. My favourite thing he's done is just for the hell of it outside Fulham Stadium for no reason. He put a Michael Jackson statue just because. <laughs> no, that was the previous no, guy. No, that was, oh, was that the previous guy? All right. Did he get rid of the Michael Jackson statue or did he. Because, <laughs> because Michael Jackson visited Craven Cottage. Was it? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. And he did so much for Fulham that year. <laughs> <laughs> what did they play left back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you said the Cannon family, they own Fulham, I see they own the Jacksonville Jaguars in America. But uh, I want to go in the panel and ask, what were your reaction when you heard AEW announced Stephen I'll start with you uh, as you said Scott it wasn't a great surprise because it had been rumoured for some time and especially with the success of All In mm. probably the most successful independent wrestling show of all time it was pretty much a no brainer um, it was uh, so it was just who was going to be back in it that was a big thing because we knew the, the code in the box had a great knowledge for the business but if you don't have MD put money behind it then you're going to be absolutely flat. So that was the big surprise. It was actually the Can family who were back. Yeah, because uh, that was entirely all them. The boxing Cody put all their money into all in, whereas this now they've got proper backing from someone. Ross, we were very. They've seen that one. This wasn't just a like a, a great Royal Rumble show where it's a shake, you know, booking his fantasy card. It wasn't just Cody's fantasy NWA card. It was thought out. It was done to put people over. It was to give people a platform on a main stage whilst incorporating legends in a way that made everyone look good and I think that that business acumen to pull off you know sell at a 10,000 seat stadium with no main company backing has shown them that yeah they're they're worth your money they're worth your time that's right it certainly should be a good thing let's face it I kind of need a new WWE needs needs competition Mm -hmm. and if this guy can provide this it's going to shake things up because WWE remember obviously back in the day when they were starting to flounder and WCW were coming up we also Ted Turner but he was investing in WCW Vince had to pull his finger out and make something better which inspired the attitude either so never know might actually help both might help AEW I think will be massive because they put together matches that fans want to see they put together cares people want to see and then obviously WWE will think well we need to get better but we're going to go under so then they'll get better so everybody should reward it yeah because WWE has been the main comparison and we've heard all these stories of un- unhappiness backstage at WWE and it seems like anybody that's unhappy it takes like two seconds for rumours to say okay this person's going to all elite wrestling uh, John Moxley is now on the NDT he's going to all elite wrestling like, but it's a problem going to impact yeah but uh I've seen the thing where they've came and said like we're not interested in fully in all former WWE guys like we've learned from other companies like we're going with these people who haven't had a chance to who aren't well known they haven't had a chance to be put on a major that's, stage like this before that's what probably it was the issue with TNA TNA was great it was TNA's own guys mm-hmm. guys that came through the independent circuit the minute they started getting all these ex WWE guys in maybe other than the likes of potentially Kurt Angle who probably helped the, the company mm-hmm. that is when it started to fail so if you see with WWE uh, some of the guys maybe leaving WWE or maybe past their prime an example potentially like Adolph Ziggler mm-hmm. maybe he, he, he's had his time 
this is the time for some fresh blood to kind of go in. I think that's kind of where the Cody wants to go with. I mean, to be fair, that's the thing. Just because you've been in WWE doesn't mean you were good. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the, as you say, TNA and WCW kind of floundered. They took on guys, oh, WWE had them, so they must be good. And then they went, oh, we've just bought this guy and he's. Orlando Jordan. But you get at least like Orlando Jordan, you get WCW, you get like they bought Vincent. <laughs> well, they go him because they try to get the Godfather. And he was asking for too much money, and Virgil said I'll do it for a hundred thousand less. Virgil, <sighs> never learned. <laughs> I know, but it's, as long as I get what you're coming from, you shouldn't buy every old WWE guy because but WWE X brand. Yeah, and they've already announced uh, two shows following this in June. They've got Fighter Fest, and they're already announcing matches. They've got uh, we have the Lucha Bros and Pack versus the Elite. And we have Darby Allen versus Cody. And also they've got Fight for the Fall on the 13th of July in Jacksonville. And the benefits are going to support victims of gun violence. And we've got Shima versus uh, Kenny Omega and Ali v. Brandy Rhodes. You think there are kind of uh, two early announced shows? Or has that put a lot more riding on Double or Nothing to be a success before these shows? It's a, it's a risk. No, I, I think it shows intent. It shows that we're not just going to be... Like that was where WWE's UK, UK brand kind of fell. Like, right, we've got these shows. Oh, by the way, we'll, in January, we'll do a Norwich House show in May. And then a couple of times a year, you know, Pete Dunne and that will show up on normal NXT. And with this, we're announcing shows. It's like, right, they're going to build up. They're going to get the following. Because there already is an indie following, but you do need a mainstream following, I think. Obviously... We talk about TV deals later. ITV picking them up is a big deal, and I think it will announce in ten, and it will get mainstream viewers. And then when you get people calling out for it, that's when you get weekly TV shows. See, the thing I've this whole thing the first five months when people keep hyping. I understand people think, oh, AEW is going to be the amazing thing. It's going to be the thing that sends things like my over the edge. So that we're saying this without them actually running a show. Yeah, you need to have them actually. That, I'm not saying this is this is going to happen, but there could be the off chance that the show busts. You mm-hmm. know, something really happens. Let's say Jericho in the last five months has lost it, mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't do well critically. And they've obviously announced these shows. They've got all this blooming co- big money contracts, but if that doesn't do the business, then you um, know they're not going to go anywhere. That's the thing with it. See, to me, the the, the initial thing where I would bust, win or bust, is in initial ticket sales. And the fact they've sold out in four minutes, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, we can trust these people to put well, that was the That was the pre-sale that it showed out. The, the actual show is not fully sold out yet. There's still tickets available for it, I'm sure. From what I've read the other day. Are we up for a wee trip? Yes, it's our road trip, lads. Here we go. <laughs> to Vegas. Get Ryan on. Get Ryan on. I go back to Vegas the last time I came back with that one. Get Ryan on. He knows all the flight deals. But we talked about TV... Fittingly enough, they announced it earlier today before the show. Very nice of Tony Canty to do that right before doing this. Always like Big Tony. For people. <laughs> they announced that uh, they will be running a weekly show later this year on TNT America and also with a little bit dull or nothing is going to be shown at ITV Box Office with the pre-show being shown for free on ITV4. Uh, how important is having the TV deal strike to their success? So obviously the, the better a platform they find because that was the thing with TNA when it first started you had to scour to try and find what channel it was on or where it was going to be if they can get a solid deal with somebody like if they're going to do pay-per-views obviously America will have whoever and then we still have ITV 
the mere they get in a set routine of who they're going to be with will be far better for them because I, I don't use any members when TNA first started. Mm -hmm. The only place you could see it was try to watch a YouTube clip. Was, that was that you yeah, it was Bravo. Aye. And then Bravo. Then it jumped to somewhere else and you're like, oh, where's it now? And then we did the challenge and it was just downhill from yeah, there. They get preempted by old episodes of Blockbusters. <laughs> Aye. It's sitting there like, it's going to start anytime soon. The TV, anytime soon. The TV deal is massive though, because if you look back on the point where WCW fell under, the thing that stopped people wanting to buy WCW was the fact they had no TV deal. Mm -hmm. They had all the assets, they had the, back, the video package, but nobody, oh. gave a, nobody gave a rat's ass because there was nowhere for them to be shown. Hit Channel 5. <laughs> Channel 5 over here. tremendous. I, I love WCW Channel 5. It's hampered Global Force as well. Global Force filmed about nine months worth of content. I think I should be on Dave. <laughs> we yes, at Dave's house party. <laughs> <laughs> on Dave. Be on Dave, that way we can tell it'll always be repeated so you can always catch it. No, but I think as well, seeing me ITV4, like, although Challenge is on Freeview, mm -hmm. it's not something that your 18 to 49 year old demographic is going to regularly check out whereas with the likes of whether you like them or not Family Guy and American Dad being shown on those channels the likes of Love Island and Celebrity Juice whether you like them or not old episodes of Emmerdale <laughs> Emmerdale catch-ups you know whether you like these things or not these are mainstream stuff things that people watch and there's a chance that maybe they come across AEW or have not watched wrestling in a while or this is something new I'm hooked Whereas you're not going to have your 18 to 49 year old demographic going, I fancy a good bit of catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we heard the rumours of what the weekly TV show is going to be called. No. Tuesday Night Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's like the thing about AEW. That sounds They're only having a laugh and a carry on. It's not all serious. It's like, I can't call this, well, WWE, Great Balls of Fire. What happened the last time they tried to have a laugh? Everybody went mental about the Viking experience. No, no. <laughs> Tuesday night. Like a ride at Disneyland. <laughs> Tuesday night dynamite sounds like a nickname Sugar Duncanton would come up with. <laughs> if he was on SmackDown. Yeah, wow. and speaking of SmackDown, they did say like they want to do like the shows that we've mentioned before, and they also want to do a show in September back in Chicago as kind of a sequel to All In, and then they were hoping for the TV deal to start in October, and October. It's when the Fox deal starts with Smackdown will probably move on Tuesday to Friday. So does it's, that make it more interesting? It's, it's wise because a lot of wrestling fans will have it tuned in their head, the Monday, Tuesday thing at the moment. So by having that kept in there, it's mm. kind of the slots are there. People have already, the dedicated people who watch Smackdown have already got that in their schedule. I like so. how Turner Broadcasting go at though on TNT. Somebody <laughs> needs to show up with a white shirt on, like, like yeah. What the hell? <laughs> did he, did, did he, he do it in that mall, that whole that blooming shopping mall? Yeah. The first night. Because like Ted Turner's never forgave Vince McMahon for showing up on his show, and that's why WCW was called it. Like back in the eighties, when the nineties WCW boom started, that's why they called it. It was no longer NWA WCW. It was just WCW. Turner hates Vince McMahon, so you've got that bit of hatred, and Vince maybe. I beat him once, I want to beat him again. And you're hoping it brings out the best in WWE as well. Yeah, we talk about the the need for a TV deal, that will really help, but they've already got this following through being the elite where they're doing a good job of building the storylines. They've also started the series on YouTube, The Road to Double or Nothing, which really gives you like, it's giving you interviews with the people involved that you may not know. Uh, have you guys been keeping up with this, with either being the elite or Road to Double that kind of I've seen a few of them and we'll probably uh, discuss some of the some of the matches later on. It's um, it's 
they're really good at exploiting they're going for that YouTube angle that's mm-hmm. what's actually that's what helped the elite kind of stand out when they were in New Japan as well they had that kind of well the, the era of the elite were Cody and that were there they, they used that one well just to pretty much sell themselves mm-hmm. you know and it's, they've continued to be like in this brand it's so easy like you know you click share on your phone on a YouTube video and it gives you all the options you know your WhatsApp your messenger your Facebook, your Twitter, your Google, and using YouTube is so effective because people see it, people want to talk to their pals about it, people want to show it to people, people want to be like, oh my god, or have their opinion on something, and it's why WWE are failing in that department, because they're always so late to the party, whereas the Elite already had that following. See, that's what I was going to say, I think that's what is helping the Elite, is the fact that it's young guys who know all this, mm-hmm. It. they're doing current times things mm-hmm. whereas with WWE day social media you're looking going ah, what, what is this mm-hmm. it's, it's a promotion somebody you, you don't care about or it's just something so stupid and you say every time they've, they've put it up and they've shared it you're like ah, I really already don't care there's no context mm-hmm. you, can, you know the context in that is mm-hmm. completely scripted you're told the person doing this video is told to mm-hmm. date to the letter whereas You've watched all, 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 all being the elite. Mm-hmm. Most of them, they just make it up as they go along, and it's hilarious. Something is about, uh, we were talking in private about the, the was it Brian Alvarez thing? Talking about Vince at the minute. Uh, Wade Keller. Uh, Wade Keller, where it's, it's rumoured that Vince just watches WWE, works out, has no idea what's going on in the real world. So he doesn't, what well, rumoured that is, doesn't understand anything that's current or new. Whereas these guys have their finger on the pulse, you know, it's... Brandy Rhodes is a lot of help as well, and she's always tweeting on social media about the latest thing as well, so... She was criminally underused in Yeah, so it's it's four people with their fingers on the pulse that are giving you content that's relevant then and there. Yeah, like you said, about having your finger on the pulse, they're trying all these new things to make themselves stand out as different as an alternative. Like they're doing the thing, the sensory inclusive... Uh, sensory inclusion in the events where they have these special rooms built for people who have certain sensory needs like uh, photosensitivity and like sensitive to loud noises and autism and all that so they don't have to miss out on the show mm-hmm. and they're doing this whole equal pay thing where like if you're in a position on the card whether you're a man or a woman you get paid the same position as the other people on that card like if you're a main event now you get paid as all the other main events if you're a mid card or whether you're a man or a woman you get paid as all the other that's going to be interesting that's going to work you need to eat that that's just yeah, I mean, Chris, I, Chris Jericho earning the same amount as like Jungle Boy or something uh, like if Becky Lynch went there tomorrow and say like you know a lower like Kurt Hawkins you know equal pay is one thing but Becky Lynch is more of a draw than Kurt Hawkins you know what I mean no it's not like in that sense oh right right, right. so it's basically like so say if you Say if you had somebody on like the it is tiered literally oh, right. like as what Stephen was kind of describing. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh some like some random person will get exactly the same as Chris Jericho. Yeah. Is that if you're of an equal draw, that's the if it's tiered, that's fine. That, yeah. that's the that's uh, the bit that you need I, to debate. I, I if you're at a continental level, level you'll get paid the same as another yeah. continental level. Yeah. It's not going to be a world level be the same as another. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like that. I can if that if the pay slips ever get leaked, I can see that becoming a bit of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, if you get guys who get paid too much, uh, uh, Jim Ross said that he said they get complacent. Mm. They just they go out there and you you see half the guys are like you just go through the motions. You're not actually interested in this match. You're doing the match. You're going home. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but let's uh, let's get into the card, shall we? We'll talk about the first match because I've heard rumours of this being the main event. We'll discuss whether or not it should in a bit. It is a rematch from the Wrestle Kingdom 12 five star rated match. It's Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. And uh, first off, we'll talk about how it's interesting that these two are even a part of AEW because Jericho, this thing with New Japan, where he was popping up every now and then, he still appeared at Raw 25 and Greatest Royal Rumble, so we didn't know where, what his status with Vince was. And then he shows up at the All Elite rally, essentially saying, I'm all in with All Elite. And he said in his podcast he signed a three year deal where the only other place he can work is New Japan. And he's going to be challenging for the IWGP Championship next month at Dominion. Mm. And whereas Omega, was his contract expired while he was a champion? He dropped the belt to Tanahashi, and there's all these rumors that he's going to show up at the Rumble, and he had to set his contract until the end of January. And then at the press conference in February, he shows up and it's the official he's now with AEW, and they had the conversation between him and Jericho. Uh, do you want to you? Does this seem like unnecessary since we've already seen this match, or is this a good match See, on the card? That's my kind of thing where I'm not entirely sold, or I can understand. In the uh, kind of lead up before the the AEW was officially announced, that they kind of teased that a wee bit Jericho showed up at all and attacked uh, Omega, but I'm just I'm, it's meant, it doesn't feel like fresh to me. It doesn't feel like this is the whole point of this event is it's meant to be the start of something new, and then your main event's gonna be with Chris Jericho. No offense to Chris Jericho, you can still go, but he's you know. Part of like the attitude there, he's not something new in that type of aspect, but that's kind of it's not it's something we've seen. I'd rather it be something fresh, something different. I think it is good to be in the main event for the simple fact that people tuning in will hear the name Chris Jericho, and you know, maybe lax fans have fell away from it. You know, Chris Jericho has been a continuous part of WWE since 1999, mm-hmm. so he's a name, a name to bring people in, and I don't think he'll be a main event continues but I think he'll be mid card putting younger guys over in the future but for this one he brings them in it's the likes of Kenny Omega the Lucha Bros we'll talk about later the Young Bucks you know and Helico the other ones they're the guys that will make them stay but he's getting them in the door mm-hmm. plus the fact that although it's a five star rated match for all the press New Japan gets for like the internet wrestling community which obviously we keep up with a lot of mainstream wrestling fans won't have seen it so it is to them a new match. And we talked a wee bit earlier with finger on the pulse. Jericho's someone who always seems to have his finger on the pulse. He's always, he's never shy to go up against WWE. He's never shy to try something new or to put somebody else over. So I think I think it's a good choice for a, for a first main event for a new banner show. I think Jericho Omega is an absolutely brilliant main event. He's never afraid to try something new. Sometimes he doesn't work like that weird eyeliner and jacket thing he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Check what your thoughts on this, man. No, I think it'd be good. I, I agree with Ross. Jericho is the kind of guy who is, he's no fear to put people, he put Fandango over at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Come on. And now Fandango wasn't happy about it. But he's still done it. Yeah. But the fact that the guy can get over a list, a jacket, yeah. a scarf, most people can't get themselves over. Mm-hmm. And this guy can get over a list. So, <laughs> yeah. and I know it's already happened with him and Omega, but at the same time, how many times has The Rock first Austin? How many times has Triple H took on The Undertaker? It's it's only old if the guys can't refresh the match. If they go through a match that you've seen 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you'd be like, ah, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they start doing something new, start the match different, end it different, build it different, it'll be a completely different match. Yeah, it kind of makes sense on that one, but I just don't feel 
like they've done it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel mm-hmm. like they've done enough of it. I've not sold it. I think there's other matches on the card which have they've done a better job of selling to it than I would. I'm not going to deny it's going to be a good match if the two of them are at that level. What? They've barely done anything with it. <laughs> no, give them a chance. No, can I, can I, can I, I have to give them a chance. I just said I'm not sold on it. Yeah, but uh, Jericho's been doing this thing online where he's he says that he's the guy getting people, and he says that he's the reason that EW is legitimate that they sell out tickets. And he's been doing this thing where he's calling up Cody, leaving an angry voicemail saying like, "You should thank me for making this company mm-hmm. legitimate." He's playing the good heel era, and he's he's got this whole thing as he doesn't like the fact because he believes that he's the best. Well, he doesn't like that some like Omega has gotten the better of him. So it's kind of personal thing there. So I could actually see Jericho winning. And there being a rubber match for us. Can I obviously question to Stephen? Just did you? Like, I didn't really follow the New Japan. Did you follow the build to the New Japan? Uh, it was probably the first match that kind of sold me on the New Japan show. I to think watch them, to actually watch it. See, I didn't follow it, whereas I'm following this because we're doing the show on it. So even though it's been a minuscule build, the fact the press conference thing, Jericho's stuff on Double or Nothing. To me, it is a new feud because I didn't follow. Whereas, obviously, it's no measuring up to the feud before, which I think is playing into your it lack was, of enjoyment. It was, I kind of liked the way they kind of they te- mm-hmm. they teased at that point in time, but kind of, it's just no. See, I think it's gonna be a good match if, if, if Jericho's still at the level he's been last year. You're, I mean, I'll take the Wrestle Kingdom one. A big part of that was it was never expected mm-hmm. for Chris Jericho to go to New Japan let's mm-hmm. be honest because he's always talked about his loyalty to Vince mm-hmm. so to turn up to Wrestle Kingdom that must have been a big part of what sold you on that mm-hmm. I'm completely sold on this match purely because of um, like for All In that what happened the attack at press conference the continuous like this is the thing I love about EAW so far they're taking a different approach to how they do backstage segments and they're doing it in their YouTube channel to make it more like a reality series kind of thing and they're, that's them acknowledging how times have changed mm-hmm. instead of just having random reporter going to the locker room like, can't you see I'm changing but seeing as you're here I'm going to answer these questions for you <laughs> before I put my pants on you know what I mean uh, let me tell you something that, 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 let me tell you something interviewing your lap really exactly yeah. well you said we talked about the New Japan match that did really good business for them they got a whole bunch of new subscribers for their streaming service within a few days of that match being announced so it's not uncommon within wrestling where something succeeded before they're going to go back to it again and see if it'll work again. Something that doesn't always work, it. you know, wait until the night to see if this works. I mean, how good was the Jericho dressed up as. Um, Pendagon? Aye. Oh, cool. And I was, I was, oh, I was like, oh, do something with this again, I will be so happy. I think this is it's kind of like a case of the expectations, no, that way the expectations were high yeah. in the first one. And it's kind of, it's been good, but when you kind of measure it against that one, it's kind of maybe why we were thinking is It's like half the internet in Game of Thrones at the moment. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said the other day, it's like, you're not so... Uh, you're not sold on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but no. the Money in the Bank matches could come out and be absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So it's kind of, this is the exact same way I feel about yeah. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> people, not being, people not being You don't agree with me, so you're wrong. <laughs> people aren't sold on That's why we're not. We're talking about this rather than Money in the Bank. <laughs> but uh, anyway, quick side on this. Uh, like I said, Jericho next month is going to New Japan to challenge Okada for the IWGP title. Now, if by any chance Jericho somehow wins the title, do you think that adds to the legitimacy of AEW if he has the belt? I, I can't 
I can't see New Japan allowing when he becomes the part time champion that the internet hate that WWE yeah. used to do. But it's like, <laughs> but, but I don't think they love it because yeah. Japan's not as big a schedule as WWE. They have a pro- at the, in the during the summer, they've got a pro- uh, during the summer. Aye, they, do, they do a lot of shows. Well, uh, WWE, I, honestly, that's how I think most of WWE's matches are crap, is because the guys are so burnt out. Because if you look at their <laughs> schedule, like Matt Hardy posted his a few years ago, and I was like, oh, damn, man. Draw something, I would never go to WWE. They should, they should give them some time. Look what it's done to Bray Wyatt, having some time. Yeah. But then they're like throwing back in it, going, oh, you're doing a house show on this night, house show on that night, you're doing on that night, they're doing a pay-per-view on that night, they're doing a house show, and you're like, ah, the guys, they were half of them are injured. It makes sense. Got this like, week and a half uh, UK tour they're on the night, and then they've got the pay-per-view this Sunday. Oh. It was like, it was Randy Orton that said in that views before, he goes, it really does get great and when he goes and he, he, like, he said no offence to guys like Seamus who I love working with but when you show up to house show number 8 of the month and it's like oh god I'm wrestling Seamus again really and it's just it, it dis, it's a disservice to the fans yeah <clears throat> I think we'll wrap up this, this match by getting everybody's predictions I'll start uh, with Stephen and I'll go along with you uh, I think what you said spot on it was a Jericho win because I think <laughs> if they're going to make it if they're going to do it they need to go free with it they can't just have another Omega win so I'm going to go Jericho nice. I think Jericho and I don't think they'll do the rematch for a while because <laughs> that was a complaint they had about the Okada feud they yeah. did the rematch so quickly I think Jericho will dodge him for a while mm-hmm. I think Jericho because obviously he's got this IWGP match lined up yeah. and I'm like he can't go into that with a loss so Unless he's intending to lose to a card as well, but the good thing about outside wrestling, you can go either way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Quite good. Um, has everyone said Jericho so far? Yep. Yeah. Then I'll need to say Omega. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go everybody else and say Jericho for the reason I said earlier on. Mm-hmm. But Jericho has said he's right because he's worked with a lot of the people in AEW. said Omega, he said he wants Pentagon and Phoenix in singles matches, but he also wants a team with Omega against the two of them. So that'd be good. Or Winnipeg Connection. <laughs> I was trying to think of another clever name, but I couldn't think of one, so we'll move on. Canadian Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> no one's beating that one. So, we'll move on to a match I referenced earlier in Ross's intro. The match that we should have probably got properly in WWE, probably at WrestleMania, I know they wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's Cody, taking on his brother, Dustin. And, so Ross, I'll start with you since it's a bit brothers. <laughs> There's a whole thing about Dillworth and Cody said, I'm going to wrestle at Dillworth, but he kept keeping his opponent a secret. And then they had that brilliant episode of uh, Road to Dillworth where it was all a Dustin, one long Dustin promo mm-hmm. in black and white, and he had the black, black and red face paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your reaction to seeing Dustin as the opponent? I think we all thought it might be Goldust, but then we're like, no, it was like, it was one of those ones that was expected, but it wasn't expected. It is a shame, as you said, it didn't happen in WWE. Well, it did happen at WWE. It was at Fastlane, and it was, it wasn't great. No, it was, it was a bad pay per view that night. I don't think either guy was motivated, and it was just, blah. <laughs> but, you know, you know, on a, on a wrestle, it was WrestleMania 32 the next month on a show that needed something else. Could we not put it then? You know what I mean? Was it not, was it not fair? Thirty-one. No, it was not 30, it was well, they could have done it 30 as well. I, I, I believe they were still a team and then no, it was just Cody. They had done the Battle Royal and I think he accidentally eliminated his brother. It could have been 30, it could have been 31 I think as well, depends if it was going to be uh-huh. him, Cody versus Goldust or Goldust versus Stardust. It could have been in the 30s, let's be honest. Yes, <laughs> it could have happened at any WrestleMania with a 
equal thirty. Even even like leading up to WrestleMania twenty eight, like that's how long they've wanted this match. Uh, it was in his feud with Booker T at the end of twenty eleven. He made his comeback. You know, it was made known to the world that he's working backstage. You know, he could have been the guy. They could have, they wanted to do title versus career, and they just they sacked it. They mm-hmm. decided against it. Now, like, so it's very interesting how they did this build because they've only really done a couple of promos. They did the Dustin promo on Dollar, and then the very next episode, it was one long uh, Cody promo talk about wanting to kill the Attitude Era. And I like to talk about how, since nowadays it's a bit kind of compared to back then. What were your thoughts on these promos and the build that they've had so far? The promos, I've only got a bits and like glimpses of stuff with them, um, but I mean, I'm hoping it could be a good match. The only thing that's worrying me is that Goldust knows return for two knees operations. He's been, I think he had injuries and Cody's just back from an, a big injury as well. I think it's his first match back yeah. in a good while. Yeah, uh, it's all I'm in. just I'm worried about uh, Dustin because yeah, he's got two knee injuries and I'm like, hopefully, because I mean, when he came back, as Ross says, and then Goldust came back and I think he had a match with Orton. Mm-hmm. And everybody, the whole crowd, the crowd were chanting, you've still got it. And I'm like, you can't put a trigger on that then, but. The promos have been good, they've been something new, something it's not completely like a hundred percent scripted, you must follow this letter and this formula. But it doesn't work. Still, just follow it. But no, they've they've done something new, something different, and hopefully both guys are hundred percent and can actually just go for it, because it you know, being brothers, you just kinda know each other, so you should be like a good match at them. <laughs> yeah, and I know Ross was particularly triggered by one comment Cody made in his attitude error killing promo. Yeah, why do they all go after Dwayne? Like, oh, eh, what? So i Dwayne like yeah. his best pals will. Yeah, big Dwayne. <laughs> Me, Dwayne, ADM, we're always doing the loud and having a laugh. Aye, I bet you so. JRK comes when he can, he's a busy man. But, um, they always go... <laughs> Sorry, I was just... <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they always, it's always like, they always say, Dwayne. Like when they like as if it's Pearson like that's the man's name. He's a millionaire. He's a billionaire. But I, like was what Punk said better than the Rock, like No. No, was sorry, was Dwayne better than Punk? Yes. Because he never had to break character to get the crowd on side. Like that's just quite simple though. But I I did like the promo because it did touch on a lot of things. He goes, you know, the attitude era was great, but every and this is something a lot of fans have complained about. Every single generation, every one of my peers since have been compared to this group of people. And I liked his comments that you kept it at 35 because you can't keep up with us now. You know, is what the women did last September, is that any less impressive? Was the brand panties era better than that? You know, it slated the mistakes of the Attitude Era. And then he went after Dwayne and he just completely lost me and that's when I put on my Goldust shirt and went, come on, Dustin! Yeah, you talked about how uh, comparing the attitude there and how do you respond? Like an Undertaker v Goldberg (laughs) 20 years too late. The old man fumbles. (laughs) The fumble and the rumble. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Uh, One of the surprising things about this is a lot of people were still in the impression that Goldust was still under contract with Dowie because the rumours are he'd been really started after his release and then he came and said, no, I haven't. And then he just shows up in this promo, like, I teased everybody, you know, like he's been teasing us for about 20 years. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I love the Goldust character at the time. It's a, he's, he's very good, Dustin, Dustin Runner, Dustin Rhodes, at portraying 
good characters. He's good at portraying bad characters as well, as he showed in DNA with Black Rain. You could always call him a natural. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> but um, as we've said in this one, the big, as Strax said, that point where they came back, they've had that match with Randy Orton, that was brilliant. I think one of the best feuds WWE's ever done in the last 10 years or something was that one between the Rhodes and the Shield. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely brilliant, that tag match uh, between the Shield and them was amazing and then the one on Raw as well um, the big question as you said is can he still go mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the benefit of the fact that they're brothers mm-hmm. and what Dustin's built his career on of being psychological mm-hmm. getting in head he's going to play that one it's not going to be a technical masterclass it's going to be two brothers trying to out think each other yeah. which is going to be what's interesting about it yeah because he said he's probably he admits like I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not as good in ring as Cody but I can still get it done and somebody uh, I can't remember who online suggested this spot now the, they've both done this thing that Dusty done where they both duck down and punch somebody as they're bent over the idea is somebody as they both go for that at the same time because they both like use that move and they both think similarly mm-hmm. which I think would be a decent spot now they've also been teasing in that Goldust promo or Dustin promo whatever you call them uh, the idea of one last ride is this going to be Dustin's last match? Do you think Shred, this could be his farewell match? And do you think he would want to go out this way? You could maybe have this as your last match because really, this is this is my problem. I see with a lot of the guys, and we kind of touched on it at the start with Jericho. The older guys kind of need to start passing the torch because the new it's becoming like WCW in the old days. All the old guys, especially WWE do not want to let go of their spot and any new talent that tries to come up just seems to get buried underneath it they just you, you, apart from obviously Reigns and Rollins you've not had anybody new in the last 10 years mm-hmm. so it's kind of like uh, whatever whereas it, obviously Dustin being in AEW will he be the world champion? probably not could he probably drag a lot of good feuds out of people who necessarily need that step to the next bit? aye He'd done it with Mankind, he'd done it with The Undertaker, he'd done it even with Razor Ramon. He had quite a lot of he, people who you thought were there, he then popped them up a level. Because he, I obviously don't think he kind of spoke to him and said, listen, if we do this with this, and gave them better ideas, they go, oh, I didn't think to do that. And then, boom, there you go. He had a, he had a, he had a great feud the way I passed his time with Roddy Piper. He had a great feud yeah. with Vader as <laughs> well. He's team with R-Truth as well, they could have done so much more with that. Yeah, uh, well, this could obviously be his last match, but he could still stick around in a non-wrestling capacity, he could be an agent, which he's been in WWE for years, I mean, a bloody Billy Gunn could get hired as an agent in AEW, clearly anybody can. Well, I think, you know, Goldust's last title in WWE was a tag title. And Billy Gunn took that from him, so I think he's there for revenge. He's not going to do it in a match. He's not going to do it in a match. He's going to do it in the boardroom. He's going to usurp him. This is where this is, uh, nepotism will run wild, and he will steal Billy Gunn's book. God, you spent too much time with college recently. <laughs> I've spent too much time with David Campbell. Let's let's sit in my dictionary. That man's name will not be mentioned on this show. Thank you. I'm the host. Love the dictionary at the end there. <laughs> uh, we'll quickly go around before we take our break. Uh, who's going to win, Cody or Dustin? Dean? Uh, Cody, I think it'll be Dustin's last match. Dustin? I don't know, I don't think it will be his last match. I think Cody will hesitate, whereas Dusty won't. Because you've seen the promo, I love my brother, and he cried. 
Mm-hmm. The younger brother always cares more, whereas the older brother will just punch you in the face and not think twice about it. Just remember that's good. <laughs> that's questionable. <laughs> so let yeah, him think that. Yeah. So you're going for Dustin. I'm going to go Dustin. Straight. I think Cody because obviously he's one. His brother is the kind of the newer generation coming up, so put his brother there and to say it. I think it won't be his last match. I don't think that at all. I see. I think maybe they'll, they'll put him against. I mean, who can you get psychologically be good to school dust in EW? Jungle Boy. <laughs> Jungle Boy would be good. Somebody like that. Jungle Boy, I mean, there is a, there's a lot, see when you look through it, there's a lot of potential. I mean, do you even be mentally? Pac? Oh, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Pac's the, the whole... Jimmy Havoc's there. Oh, Jimmy Havoc, there you go. I mean, you've got, there's so much potential you can go, look at him, oh, look at him, and you go, oh, that would pull something like that sort. I think Cody, but it won't be his last match. Yeah, we could sit here fancy booking all day, but I'm going to go uh, with Cody, just to kind of be safe. Uh, Quacky, what do you think? Uh, Dustin. Dustin? He's <laughs> always got to be different. Not Scott. different, I picked it. <laughs> okay then, I'm Cody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Dustin, we're going to take a quick break now, but uh, we're going to play for you that promo that we've been referencing. This is from episode 13 of The Road to Double Nothing. This is the reveal of Dustin as Cody's opponent. We'll see you after this. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Hi there guys, this is Julie Dark and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This is not a new beginning for me in my career. I have done it all, literally. 30 years in the business. My legacy is intact. I am Dustin Rhodes. I'm getting older, they're getting younger and faster, but just like every arena that I go to, and I go do something very spectacular because I I give my 110% every single time that I step in those ropes, they chant, you still got it. Well, I never lost it. So this isn't a new beginning for me. If this is one last ride, let's build it as one last ride. Okay, that's fine. That's awesome, I like it. But it sounds to me like Cody is trying to put me out to pasture or something. Good luck with that, little brother. Good luck with that. I have done just about everything there is to do. And he is just filling his shoes right now. He has a long way to go. I say this a lot. I'm I'm very proud of my brother Cody. He is just now coming into his own shoes. He hasn't filled them yet. Just like me, Back in the day, I wanted to fill my dad's shoes and I could never do that, but I didn't know that. I did not know that because I wasn't old enough to realize that. He's not old enough to realize that yet. Dad was very charismatic. Yes, I am great bell to bell. I don't consider myself better than Cody. I mean, I don't look at it that way. He is very talented in the ring. Now he's at the helm of this gigantic company fixing to take off and shoot to the moon, AEW. He's got a lot of pressure on him. He has a lot to learn also. You know, Cody, Cody was raised much differently than I was. And I was there for a lot of that. And I saw a lot of it and how they were treated as opposed to how, how I grew up. And to be quite frank with you, I think he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. There is a rift between us. I don't really know exactly what the problem is or what that rift actually is, but 
It's probably something to do with his upbringing, him being the younger brother, 16 years younger, and he sometimes, you know, makes it a, a point that, that that's my fault that I wasn't there for him. Well, I was there when he won two state championships in wrestling in high school. I was there for him whenever he needed. I was always there for my little brother. Cody didn't ask. He didn't ask me to help him with his character. That was his deal. And, you know, quite frankly, he did an, an awesome job at it. He did a great job at this character. I'm not gonna send him down a path that is, that's gonna hurt him. To me, that's, a, that's a, a jab in my side, you know? It's hurtful. He is my blood. I love him with all of my heart. And for him to say that hurts me. And I never told anybody that until today. They're always saying that him and I have nothing in common. Well, I beg to differ on one thing in particular and that's going out and getting something that's leaving the nest and going out on your own and doing it. I left the nest. I left the Dustin Rhodes name to do something that was way before its time that shocked the world and pulled it off and did a great job at it. And here we are 30 years later, Cody, is doing the same thing. I know everything there is to know about my little brother Cody. And he is one egotistical son of a There's so many times that I've told him how proud I am of him, how much I love him, and how dad would be proud of him and everything that he's accomplished. Never, not one time, never has he said, thanks man, I really do value your opinion, you are wonderful, I love you to death. No, I don't get that from Cody. The red stands for life. The black stands for death. The past that I've had was dark and I came out and survived. I think Cody's making a mistake having a match with me. I do. Cody is facing his reckoning. There has to be an end to it. So you're gonna get all of me. The world is gonna get all of me. Everything that I have. This is a fight that needs to end. This should have ended years ago. One last ride. Or is it? Wrestling has more than one. Royal family. Hey guys, this is Brandy Rhodes, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. First off, I want to say thank you to Brandy Rose and Jayla Dark for those sound bites. You can actually catch our interview with Jayla Dark up on our back catalogue. Uh, it was a very good interview. I listened to it last night. You'll all enjoy it. Uh, let's continue with the rest of the card for a double or nothing. First off, we have a match between two men who could potentially be the very first AEW champion. We have Hangman Page versus the artist formerly known as Neville Pack. <laughs> First off, I start with Strack. Pack has only recently started wrestling more often, having been like kept in limbo for months, not being the way let out of his contract, and now he's now on another major promotion. 
think obviously with the TV deal, having Pack is a good name, think a recognisable name to have on your show. Pack is one I've, I've I've had the privilege to see him wrestle live years ago when he was just starting out. He was amazing when he was younger, and he just got better. He's him and like the Will Ospreay thing. I was I, I've I've regrettably still had a chance to watch their match, but people tell me it was it was just outstanding. But him against Hangman, I thought you know something for the first kind of not their first cared, but their first cared leading into something a future, not just a show. It's going to maybe lead into like a weekly TV thing. I thought, you know something, that's a, a better pairing you couldn't have done. Like, you couldn't have, because I thought they're probably going to hit the two of them. All, the two of them will go for it. I know for that for a fact, the two of them will absolutely rip the, the place down. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know something, I'd be happy if this was the last, if it was first. It's, it's just going to, it's going to be, it's, there's no way it's going to be a bad match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hangman reportedly, towards the end of last year, was getting big offers from WWE. He was going to be a big star in WWE, but be making main roster money, according to reports. But he asked for more time so he could make a decision with the rest of the elite. They all wanted to stick together. And now he seems to be either going to be pushing him very heavily in AEW. Stephen, what do you think? I think Paige is a guy who could be a top guy in AEW. If there's anybody you could see who's benefited the most from the popularity of the elite and being around these guys is Hangman Page. He is arguably one of the most improved in-ring wrestlers in the world in the past maybe three to five years. He is so good in the ring. He's just so smooth. You can understand why WWE was so determined to get him because he's still he's not the finished product, which is why they probably would have wanted to put him in NXT, but he has got so much potential and he's just, I think he's a perfect blend for a guy like like Pakistrak said this has got all the potential of being the one that steals the show and it's it's, it's the one when the rumours for Pack were going about when the AEW uh, rallies were going about the guy that they were all saying was Hangman Pager like these two are going to complement each other so well and on paper it's just going to be an absolute screamer That's your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah well, I actually thought before we started doing the show that it was going to it actually was for the title. Mm-hmm. I thought it was about to be the inaugural title. I'm obviously now we know they've got a TV deal. They'll maybe save it for then. But uh, I, I don't know. How I can expand on it. And the two guys have said it's it's going to be a great match. I think it's good that Pack is a you know purgatory because he's too good a guy and too good a wrestler to not be on a main platform. And if WWE weren't going to book him, and if WWE weren't going to you know keep him. Then you need to you need to let them go, and thankfully showed up in all elite all elite, all elite wrestling. There we go, Jesus. Uh, he showed up there. He showed up a couple of other places too. Uh, but I I think great match. I actually would love to see Pack as the first champion. It would just be a a signal of intent. You know, Pack wasn't happy that he was relegated, shall we say, to two hundred five live. It would be a statement of intent. Like we're not just about you know, big giant guys, you know, that's the guy at 5'9", but he's your champion because he's a great wrestler. Yeah, and like you said, with the tease being, the, being for the title, because Hangman stated his claim at the rally that he wanted to be the first champion, and they know they've, they've hinted that they do have a title, and they said the winner of the Battle Royal that will get to, gets the first shot at it, like, who are they going to have a shot at if there's no official champion being crowned? And uh, another thing about titles is... Uh, Pat does still have the Open the Freedom Gate title from Dragon Gate. He carries it everywhere he goes. Like, do you I think? Brought Brought <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, it BCW. Scott Hildrick as well. He took it everywhere. It's, got, it's a heavy thing. Like, in terms of, um, so he does his weightlifting. <laughs> in terms of as a champion, he does 
anytime I've seen him as a champion, he has carried credibility to that particular championship. Look at his run with the NXT title. He is arguably, uh, until the kind of current era, mm-hmm. he was for so long the best NXT champion. You mm-hmm. look at how he, he he carried that when the takeover started. He was the face of that brand for so long. But when doing anything it takes to, to hold on to it. And when he was Cruiserweight champion as well, he made that brand... Watchable. Watchable to a lot of people. Uh, I know some t- some people say that maybe diluted the brand a wee bit because he was the only guy that was nobody built enough to beat him. It was like a mini Brock Lesnar just ran through everybody. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what <laughs> TJ. I'm on it, Kim. That's what uh, TJ Perkins said in an interview on our back catalogue. Just to say <laughs> something. Uh, but it's he is as you say the Dragon Gate stuff as well. He's, he's a perfect guy to have as a champion. His promo skills used to be the thing people say they let him down, but they noticed in that heel run, he was great in the mic. Yeah. He was absolutely savage. I think he's great in... He was poor main roster promo-wise because it's everything's written for you. Maybe he's not a guy that can be given, you know, ten pages worth of scripts and learn it in five minutes, you know what I mean? Like, who can? But, uh no, he played a good face. It's obviously, we mentioned his NXT t- champion run. He played a good snidey tweener in the Sami Zayn feud where he was like, maybe you're just not my level. Maybe you just mm-hmm. can't win the big one. And then the monster heel, the mini Brock Lesnar, as I mentioned, running through everyone at 205 Live. Mm-hmm. And quicker, they've kind of <clears throat> they've kind of implemented a bit of comedy into the build, especially on being the elite where Pat goes everywhere in full gear and he's clearly ripped and it's kind of caused Hangman to be a bit insecure about his feet, so he's going on the full gear challenge where he's working it like crazy, trying to be as in good a shape and be in-ring ready for Pat. Do you think this is a good way to build the story? Um, it's definitely unique. I mean, <laughs> so far I'm invested in it because it's two great wrestlers going at it, and I like how it was straight off the bat at the first uh, rally call and everything in between all the pyro and stuff like that that was going down, which obviously I love. <laughs> so, but another interesting dimension is that this is a stacked pay-per-view. There's no belt on the line or anything, and I'm so invested in it. Yeah. And, uh, uh Benelli, he keeps getting sent these snide uh, letters, kind of criticising his current workout regimen, and they all signed the bastard. Was implying that Pac saying I'm like you're still fat essentially. <laughs> I think you should I think show it, up to a gym <laughs> and just stand full gear with the Dragon Gate belt. Just go fat ass, <laughs> fat ass. <laughs> just pull up McDonald's like, but you still look like this yeah. and eat this. Like right, droppy accent. Yeah. <laughs> I made him sound He's so like, intimidating. I made him sound like somebody for the Knights watching Game of Thrones. Oi, bastard! <laughs> did, you, did they ever actually end the feud between Hangman Page and Joy Ryan? Yeah, I think it all in. There was that. The, uh, I think that was the combination. <laughs> the pe- the penis druids taking page away was not. It's only in the elite where you can be accused of murdering somebody, and now you're the biggest kind of babyface going to the first show. <laughs> Why not? As long as Joey Ryan's not in all elite wrestling. I don't think. Yeah. I think they teased a show they were going to uh, sign him and then they went actually Joey we're not here for you and they signed the referee from PWG they've liked Joey Ryan's linked to WWE which is hilarious <laughs> oh my god him and Candice back together <laughs> oh jeez oh my god could have beat the show up at NXT TakeOver 25 <laughs> oh. Oh, moving on I'm going to get our predictions for uh, this match and also which one of these two if they were to be the, if it is going to be for the first ever AEW champion who would you rather have as the first champion Stephen? Uh, I, I want Pac to win it, but I 
think Hangman or Minute Ampro will be up there for the first champion because I've got a feeling you can't put it past an elite member being the first champion and he's the one guy. It's too obvious. But he's the one guy from he's the one guy from the elite that's not in that type of you know EVP type of role. He's kind of just the normal wrestling guy and I think it works. He works perfectly. I think two of them should be could be champion. It's a tricky situation because obviously they're saying they don't want to sign just ex WWE guys and they don't want to just book themselves as champion and it's like if Pac wins it's the ex WWE guy if Hangman wins it's like oh it's just because he's your friend you know mm-hmm. both more than deserving but I'm going to go the bastard <laughs> Pac like Jon Snow <laughs> that bastard Jon Snow that's right uh, I, I'm going to say Pac and I think as you say you can't book it because you think oh you're going to your pal I but I, I honestly don't see Pac as an ex WWE guy. I see him as an ex NXT guy, but main WWE and what I don't see he as an ex, which is probably a good thing because as you see you've got a lot of guys who leave WWE and have still got that kind of WWE stigma. He's, he's not like a Dean Ambrose or something like that. No, he's not mm. that. He wasn't. He wasn't that invested with it. They never really gave him that big a status. So it must. Be, it might be a good thing that he can just go. I was there for a while. Then it pan out. I, I actually enjoy the Indies more. Because that's what a lot of the elite guys are doing, and a lot of the guys are all in. They say, I don't want to go to WWE. I think Kenny Omega even said that. I was the young bucks. Mm-hmm. Said, I don't want to go to WWE. You've seen schedule. I'm yeah. like, I can't blame them. Yeah. They've got families, they want to enjoy their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck it. Hangman Page, then. I think if it's going to be for the first title, Hangman, but if not, uh, Pat, because he still has that Dragon Gate belt and he's been trying to keep him strong, because like, even having him on the indies where he's had kind of some screwy finishes because he's a Dragon Gate champion Dragon Gate don't want their champion looking too weak mm-hmm. so if it's not for the title I say Pac's going to win it but uh, that title may not be on the line but there is a one title on the line at Dollar Nothing is the AAA Tag Team Titles which has the Lucha Brothers Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr versus the Young Bucks who are the champions going into this uh, Ross, I'll start with you now. Oh, there is one belt on the line. Yeah. Okay, then that's really <laughs> One belt! There's only one championship on the line, then. I'm still invested. <laughs> you want to be nice about it not say, actually, Quacko. Don't want to do it, Dave, you know? <laughs> you do that now. Don't throw Dave on the. You do that now. It's when somebody quotes a film wrong. Ah, but that's because it's you. <laughs> no, he does it to her dear mother. Veronica deserves better. And she got that. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. <laughs> before I cry, on. before I cry, <laughs> I was going to come here. I'll move to Stephen now. <laughs> now it's fair to say tag team wrestle on the main roster in WWE is not taken as seriously as it could be. And the shaving back incident, <laughs> <laughs> to name a few. But uh, the Unmucks kind of did promise at the All Elite press conference that tag team wrestling would be taken seriously at yes. a, at an AEW. Is this something you're excited about? Oh, it's two of the best teams in the world arguably you look at the their track record over the last couple few years the Bucks speaks for itself the stuff they've done in Japan and Ring of Honor you've got Pentagon and Phoenix I mean Pentagon I know Sammy Callahan got TNA MVP of the year but Pentagon in his matches with Aries and mm. Callahan himself uh, he stole the show that, that, that company and they actually had a match recently which uh, drew 5.4 million viewers in Mexico which is one of the highest rated um matches in the AAA history so the, the, the track record speaks for themselves the, they're just unbelievable they're, they're, they're just unbelievable you know Pen- Pentagon is so good to watch yeah it's, it's just crazy good yeah obviously and uh, 
they recently faced up with Impact, the Lucha Brothers, they had a match that aired a few weeks ago, a full Metal Mayhem match where they put over LAX on their way out, and then they showed up at the press conference and attacked the Elmbox, stating their claim is we're the best tag team in the world. Russ, is this an effective way to start the build to a thing? Would you choose any other two teams to... No, no, it's absolutely, like, obviously, two teams that can lay claim to being the best. Mm. It's a simple story. I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. Well, let's fight and see who's better. It's <laughs> it's a simple effect. It's something, obviously, we've WWE bashed a lot tonight, and I'm going to continue that. No, uh, <laughs> it's something that WWE do too. It, it, there's always silly reasons behind feuds. Sometimes a feud of, I'm better than you, or I just plain don't like you, is all you need. Why did you attack him? Because I don't like him. Just look at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. And that Edge would pick up tea. Exactly. Uh, shampoo. <laughs> shampoo commercial. <laughs> but, I mean, well, the Young Bucks do have luscious locks. I mean, let's just put that out there. But, <laughs> but that, this is what this feud is. I don't like you, and I'm better than you, and I want to hit you, and I want to prove that I'm better than you. And it's simple. And the Young Bucks going to Mexico, which yeah. shows that all elite are willing to work with other te- uh, other people mm-hmm. which maybe may see more people go there because obviously they know they can go back uh, sperioti- sperioti- can't even say the word. sporadically thank you uh, do you know to the, the promotion they came for they've took their titles so now it's personal as well there's a title I expect there's the we want to be the best and there's just the we don't like you Three simple things. Yeah, that's right. It was an interesting title by the Bucks retaliation coming to Triple A moments after the Lucha Bros won the Triple A tag titles and then essentially just taking them off them. And now it's, I think it's uh, made the card margin that there's a title match from a different promotion on the line. I don't think it's made a, 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 oh, this is somebody else's title, we're just kind of using it for this show. But I think they've kind of maybe just sweetened the pot because, I mean, as Stephen also said, you've got you've got the young bucks who when I first them in TNA I was like the guys are going to be massive the guys are going to be big because they had matches against like the motorcycle machine guns mm. and stuff like that and they were just absolutely immense and they done the, the ultimate X then the Lucha Brothers Pentagon has the best gear in professional wrestling <laughs> to this day maybe maybe just slightly better than Johnny Gargano but it, I see a post him on Instagram and he was holding a title it took me 20 minutes to realise he was an action figure as a real guy, blah. Why did they get his figure holding a belt? Oh, that's a real dude. But even his, his wrestling ability, the two of them, is just. You've seen the Full Metal Mayhem. The, even the botch looked good. The Was that Spanish Fly Off a Ladder? Phoenix almost oh, drugged himself. Oh, that was crazy. Oh, oh, man. But you get up for it and you went, How are you alive? <laughs> but you're like, ah, these two. They've not got a boundary like the day, as Ross says, we're kind of WWE bashing, but it's also factual. They're not going to have a boundary where they say, you can't do this and you can't do that. Whoever's like, the main booker for this would be Cody, whoever's got to say, listen, use four, go away, and plan something. And if you're, going to, if you're on before us, go go for it. And if you, beat, if you do your match and you go, we need to top that, fine, we'll just up the ante. And they'll just need to keep doing it. You don't have a boring match and a good match and a boring match and a good match you should see a match and go oh that was really good mm-hmm. right uh, we need to change something in our match to get top that and that's what's going to happen they're going to hopefully go on last and it's going to be an absolute screamer it's you that, that metal mayhem was excellent the one, the one match I remember was the one the two of them faced uh, Andre, uh, Austin Aries and then the triple threat match 
for mm-hmm. the TNA title pen and mm-hmm. won it. Yeah. That was the first time I'd actually ever seen the two of them, never actually heard on that point. I watched it and I was just like, oh my god, why where have these two been all my life? Yeah. I seen them at Lich Underground, I seen Pentagon and I was like, who's this dude? And then I started watching me at Lich Underground and I was like, oh. what, what, why is this guy not in NXT? Hmm. It's like, this guy is immense. Crazy I mean, because I mean, the world rumors them going NXT because they're also a part of MLW foil. They finished up there as well, and they teased that they were going NXT to start. Year, said, "We'll see what's next for us and uh, going forward." But the E was missing from the from next, so it just said NXT. It's just people teasing on mm. yeah. They do it all the time. Cena does it all the time. Cena's the best. Cena will just look. When there's rumours of Kenny Omega going to WWE, he just post a photo of Kenny Omega on his Instagram with like no caption. <laughs> and people just go, Oh my, what does John Cena know? But probably nothing. He's just, he just, he just, he just said that and went, I'm in a wind up mood. What does, bang. what does John Cena know? How to troll you? <laughs> Sitting in that national park he was in before WrestleMania. Talk about using being the 80 build matches. They've done a story with the Bucks on being the elite where they're trying to get back in ring shape because. Since uh, Wrestle Kingdom had their last match for New Japan and they lost in a triple threat because they were on their way out, uh, they've kind of been focusing on the backstage stuff of AEW. So the match at uh, AAA was their first match in months. So they've been showing videos of them at the gym and, and rings trying to get back in ring shape because like, we've forgotten, we've almost forgotten how good we are. Like, we're going to prove. Like Vince McMahon training for the 99 Royal Rumble. No, there wasn't any chickens Punching. being chased. <laughs> there wasn't any chickens being chased. Showing up when he leaks. <laughs> But, uh, you think uh, the Triple A? Uh, actually, I forgot my point there. <laughs> yeah, the thing with Triple A, the connection there uh, does show, like you said, that they are willing to work with other companies because they're working with them. We're going to get to match later on that they're working with Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, so they're not afraid to bring in guys and spotlight people from other promotions and possibly put them over. But uh, I'll go around and see get everybody's predictions. Stephen, who do you think is going to walk out with the titles? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Lucha Bros on this one. Although it's tough to call, it could go either way. But I right, Lucha Bros. I think Lucha Brothers because Young Bucks are busy with the backstage stuff. So Lucha Bros will go back to Triple mm-hmm. drop them at Triple A tag team, and then come back. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Do I come back to you? Uh, no. Do you know? I think it'll be the feel good thing of the night. So I've got a feeling it'll be the Young Bucks. Right. I, I've, got a, I've got a feeling it'll be, it'll be oh, the, the crowd pop moment and it'll be the Young Bucks hey, I'm going to go with the Lucha Brothers because uh, the Young Bucks are already well established they're already top guys by default because obviously how well people know them <coughs> they work backstage so I don't think a loss would really hurt them and also it would be big for Pentagon and Phoenix to come in and essentially they can hold this one over like we've beaten you like, and they said in a promo uh, building this match like the first time we met was three years ago like, we beat you then we're going to beat you now mm-hmm. and like Ross said they can drop the belts and make so come back and be top contenders to be the first AEW tag team champions Quacky mm-hmm. Oofed Ah but head says Pentagon and Phoenix but my heart says the Young Bucks Here we go with the Young Bucks Yeah Young Bucks <coughs> so, I mean even, even if in the case that the Young Bucks keep the, the titles if AEW bring out the end tag titles and give them to Pentagon and Phoenix then boom, you've got the, the the second match where you've got potentially title versus title. Mm-hmm. That could that could be interesting. But, uh, we'll move on to some of the other matches uh, on this card. We're going to highlight some of the female competitors involved in AEW. We have a triple threat match with uh, Doctor Britt Baker, who's the only woman on the roster returning from All In. She took part in the Fatal Four Way mm-hmm. against Kylie Ray, 
I was being sure I didn't accidentally say Kaylee because I've done that a couple of times. And Nyla Rose, uh, Stephen, were you aware of uh, any of these women before the announcement of uh, this triple threat match in Double or Nothing? Just, uh, just Britt Baker, pretty much. She's, she's probably one of the most well-known uh, female wrestlers on the independent circuit for a number of years. Uh, also the fact she's doing it with Adam Cole you, you see her quite a lot on his Twitter page mm-hmm. the one name you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on that I'm surprised we're not seeing it here where's um, Ali? Uh, I think they're saving Ali for fuck's sake <laughs> saving her for uh, Fight for the Fallen where she's fighting Brandy Rose where I think they're teasing some issues left over from when they were both in Impact and you know, Brian, I think she made a point where I'm staying off the first show because it's not about me it's about highlighting these these so that selling the fact that she's dead <laughs> Where's Tessa Blanchard? Oh, um, she, she is outstanding, by the way. She has an actual, ex- near enough exclusive impact deal, I'm sure. Yeah, impact were smart enough to snap her up when they had the chance. Mm-hmm. Why, she's only 20, isn't she? Something like that. Yeah. Near a bit. But not to answer your question, Britt Baker was the only one I was aware of before. Yeah, well, we don't know. Uh, they have been highlighted on Dull or Nothing and how important is it that they really pull out all the stops in the match to make sure that while we know them now in a few months that we're talking about them down the line uh, strip well, comment I think um, it goes back to the, what you talked about on the, the G1 Supercard preview uh, the way Ring of Honor have handled their women's division <laughs> they've handled it pretty poorly so it's important when you start a women's division that you need to get it off on the right map and they just need to try and avoid the mistakes that uh, Ring of Honor have done and bring back the beautiful people under <laughs> a different name. I know, but the women's division, with the women of honor thing, <laughs> the women of honor thing in, uh, in Ring of Honor is almost like a totally, totally different like promotion to them, okay? like what Fierce Streamers was to XCW back in the day, mm-hmm. but they can't attribute it as its own separate entity, which is beautiful. Gregor, do you want to comment on uh, any of these women? Yeah, where's Tessa Blanchard? <laughs> Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I know Britt Baker from the All In mm-hmm. show. I'm not going to lie, I don't know any of the other people too well, but that's a thing I'm excited about because it opens my horizon to mm-hmm. more and more people so that I've, I've gone into this pay-per-view with fresh eyes, apart from the main card uh, kind of discussion we had on the previous mm-hmm. one so no I'm looking forward to this I'm surprised who's missing that is it Joanna Grace Jordan Grace Jordan Grace she's impacted is, is she keeping the same name as well she's progress women's champ as well right. I, think she's, I think she's is she with ML she's, she's also, I know she's in impact MLW she's everywhere she's a bit too busy is what we've, <laughs> <laughs> she's everywhere now she's too busy every night gets slid into DMs by weird people she is amazing uh, it's yeah. so funny because she tweets some of the screenshots of her like her DMs are open and she tweets pictures of people sliding, trying to slide down, and it's just hilarious. They like sweet, 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 and then they turn on her, and it's so funny. Ross, I, 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 I need to get that. Ross, smart. Oh, on Twitter, it's so funny. But uh, the thing was with these, with Kylie and Nyla, we don't know them, but I think that really helped that we don't know what to expect from that. We could be pleasantly surprised once we see this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to give uh, a quick prediction of who you think is going to win? Ross, do you want to give any comment rather than be on your phone? I was actually looking at the Battle Royal there, so I was prepared for the next one as I well, We're not talking about the Battle Royal right now, we're talking about this one. <laughs> I'll go Britt Baker because I'm not really sure about Kylie Ray, although 
Nyla Rose does look like someone we could see become a big star in the future, just for our prominent featuring on Double or Nothing. And just the it's the different build and body shape that she's got. She could be billed as a monster heel. And I, I don't know much about Kylie Rose, so I can't even really comment, but I'll go Britt Baker just for the fact I know more about her. Mm-hmm. Not Britt Baker for me as well. I'd say Britt Baker. Uh, I think I'm just going to go, for the sake of being different, I'm going to go Nyla Rose. That's my stick! <laughs> yeah, but I've got reasons as well. <laughs> like you said, like if you want a builder as a monster, having her go, uh, come in and just destroy both, both of them. Well, I, can see, I don't think it'd be a squash, but have them have a good show and also Nyla comes in and looks so dominant, uh, it'll be a good win for her. Quacko? Brett Baker, baby! <laughs> Uh, speaking of where well, we talked about earlier, working with other promotions, we have uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, better known as SCU. SCU! SCU! <laughs> this uh, is by without a doubt the worst host I have ever sat next to. <laughs> so you've not listened back to one of your shows. Oh! <laughs> it's getting hot. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> If you'd like to see the fight between Ross and Scott after this, I will be tweeting it live. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the corner laughing. <laughs> anyway, SCU. SCU. <laughs> are going up against a team from OWE, uh, billed as Team Stronghearts. Uh, the team of Shima, T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. Uh, Shima, the Unbox of Credit, is a guy who helped give them one of their first breaks. He booked them in Dragon Gate back in 07. Which then led them to be spotted by Impact and then in the places like Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. So that was where they first got the name. So kind of a loyalty uh, to him. He's now a full-time member of the roster. Like I said, he's going to be fighting at Fight for the Fallen against Kenny. Mm-hmm. And uh, for what I heard of him, he's apparently a legend in Dragon Gate, which promotion that we've talked about with Pac. He's the champion of. Uh, there you. In Hull, this has been very anticipated. The OWE guys coming in. And uh, I've heard comparisons from Tony Khan from Jericho that it's like if you put a ring at Circus Dole, this would be the guys, the style of OWE. So you think, obviously, again, it's a good to get eyes on new people in a new promotion? Yeah, definitely. If they're going to partner with people, they want, obviously, the goal when you partner with somebody is to get, obviously, exposure from one person's product, but also get eyes on yours. Mm-hmm. So if if these people are, like you said, the Circus Cirque du Soleil, and they're, you know, they're jaw-dropping wrestlers, mm-hmm. then maybe it'll draw eyes on a, is it OVE? Yeah, OWE. OWE. OWE is an impact. Is it? There you go. So, yeah, and obviously, Sima, obviously the Dragon Gate legend, wants to get eyes on his product. Pack obviously takes the belt everywhere he goes to promote. So, this will be the start of a good partnership, and obviously SCU. SCU? Daniels and Kasarian, known to everybody through Daniels does not grow old. I know. I know. Fine wine. Known to everyone through Impact, you know, the SCU have obviously got a big independent following. Mm. You know, Scorpio Sky, it's legendary role as Harold and the Daniel Bryan and Kane skits in WWE. <laughs> That's how he got his job. Oh, he so he <laughs> He's Harold. <laughs> Shut up, Harold. <laughs> Bye. SCU, a great team. They wouldn't be hurt by the loss. And SEMA and OWE, I don't, can't really comment on them because I don't know much about yeah. them. But I think I, I think they'll win. I yeah. think they'll get the win. Do you think it's good to have uh, SCU on kind of the a part of the roster? We've got Daniels working behind. He's apparently in talent. 
I think it was kind of obvious that these guys were going to be a part of the roster because they've been featured very heavily in being the elite. The whole the worst town ever thing started as a skit on being the elite, so I think it's good that they have them on the roster. See, I mean, like guys like Kazarian and Daniels have been around for a long time and they've been pretty much everywhere. And Daniels is one of the guys who's kind of helped found the X Division, which will be a show coming shortly. <laughs> but, um, You've got guys who can kind of lay a foundation for guys to build up on. Because, see, the guys that they'll be going against are going to be something similar but different style. So, it's the fact that I said this before, it's fresh looking matches, it's going to be something different, it's going to be something entertaining. Whereas, predictably, you can watch a wrestling match and blah, but you know how this is going to go, it's going to be like that, and that's it done. Whereas, these are all going to kind of be different styles with potentially different no different outcomes it's still going to be a win it's going to be a loss mm-hmm. but it's how it's going to come about do uh, you think this is pretty much just going to be a showcase style match for OWE yeah I'm just excited about what Ross said about Scorpio Sky <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be looking at one YouTube player aren't you Christopher Daniels is amazing Ross Strack says he's a pioneer of the X Division and he is just a man who will never grow old yeah, no, he's like, like granite he's like 49 apparently he still looks the same as he did 10 years ago great Disappointed never got in WWE at one point. I want him, AJ Styles, and some more Joe match in the Buckets hold. Uh, if you ever get a chance, watch the AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels against LAX for the uh, oh, oh. the tag. You seen that the tag titles? Oh, oh, that's just. So, you're talking about hating Hogan earlier. Do you know uh, when TNA came to the UK in 2011, he filmed a bunch of TV shows. I think they filmed like six weeks, but Jeff Hardy wasn't allowed in the country at the time. Hogan had pitched strongly for Christopher Daniels to win the title. Eric Bischoff had pushed for him, and it was actually Dixie Carter that said, "I don't see Daniels as a world champion." So but the does one Dixie Carter know about wrestling. Exactly. The one good thing Hulk Hogan ever did was vouch for Christopher Daniels. <laughs> We're not talking about Dixie Carter right now, thankfully, <laughs> or ever. Yeah. Um, I'm not being that. I'm just trying to say you don't want to talk about her. We're about mm. good people. <laughs> but uh, like I said, like what you said earlier. I don't think SCU would be hard by a loss. I think if you want to get these guys over, uh, the Team Stronghearts needs to win this match. Do you guys? Yeah, I think no, so. I think so. Think so. Aye. Quirky, do you agree or are you going to go with SCU? SCU? Let's say that. SCU. A match that was a bit frustrating because I just finished the notes when this was announced, I had to add it. <laughs> Where did I get Ross to add it? It's another tag team match where we have the best friends, Chuck Taylor. And Trent Beretta against Jack Evans and Sarah Greaves' favourite wrestler, <laughs> Angelico. Yes! Now, uh, we've all seen uh, Angelico a couple of times at ICW against Jack, uh, Mikey Whitlash and against Lionheart. He was fair to say we're all very impressed with him there. Mm. Yeah, he's great, but Jack, Jack Evans is unreal as well. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, Strack, you maybe remember the scene when they had that big series in the X Division where Austin Aries and that mm. came back. Jack Evans was part of that, I'm sure. Uh, he was, he, he, him he, and Trent Beretta. Was Trent? Aye. Was Trent on that as well? Aye. So yes. was Johnny Gargano. This is when Trent was Tony Trent. Tony East as well. Tony East. Aye, he was a bit... Just blowing my mind. Other than the way he worked earlier on, I was like, oh, Jack Evans was in that match. He was unreal. What happened to him? And then, Mate, there was, there was, they did rebirth the, the X Division and there's so much amazing talent and just didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, oh, really? It's, it's, I remember I said that to you. It says, Johnny Gargano used to be in the X Division. You're like, no, he didn't. Went, yes, he did. But at least I'm going, we don't really see a future in him. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah. The, the other thing on being elite where I think kind of taking the piss out of the fact that some people when you get POT people put on the pre-show some people see it as a bit of a relegation where the best friends were meant to be in the pre-show battle royal and they pushed like no we want to be in a tag match so uh, the Bucks gave them Angelico and Jack Evans and you think this is a better showcase uh, for them because they are pushing the whole thing a bit tight team wrestling being a big thing in this company for us uh, yeah I'm no too clued up on Jack Evans but I know Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta you know an established team over the past two years in New Japan you know and on the Indies uh, Trent Beretta is like an eight time junior tag team champion yeah him yeah. and Rocky him and Rocky Romero before he joined Sho and Yo uh, and Helico as well we we mentioned him as well they're just he's just something about him it's just so charismatic isn't it it's so natural and yet at the same time you're like it, it makes it look easy it's until you try to be as cool as him you're like yeah no no <laughs> well on his twitter he shows like sparring he does and he does like leg locks and it's amazing how he gets from one position to another and it's so smooth that you forget how did he get there it's just like kind of like, no. just like aha <laughs> yeah uh I think we the best friends is the best thing about them is they just they don't really care they just they'll go they're not afraid to look silly they'll go out and uh, yeah and the whole thing is they do a tease or they do a spot and then after a big sequence they just stand in the middle of the ring and just hug each other. <laughs> in fact, they had the crowd friends that <laughs> <laughs> the fact that crowd pops so much wherever they hug and they build to it is just a testament to how over they are. Uh, I'm going to actually go as much as I was complimenting there I'm going to go with Angelico and Jack Evans to actually win this match I've got best friends for me best friends sure I'll go best friends friends <laughs> friends <laughs> yeah, friends friends sorry Strap family friends <laughs> you, when I asked you to come to my house you raced him a bit <laughs> not, not <laughs> a friend uh, Angelico and Jack Evans and Sarah's camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll be watching us on IDU box office very closely. <laughs> but uh, before we move to the pre-show, we have a six-woman tag that was added very last minute, and I'm going to have to go to Kwaku with the pronunciation of sound names because I don't want to totally butcher and offend someone. Uh, so we've got A Aya Kong. Aja. Aja. Oh, no. <laughs> you just corrected him. <laughs> the, the one name I know how to pronounce. Aja Kong. Yuka Zakazaki. Uh, Ebi Sakura. Oh, uh, of. Uh, we had Ebi Sakura mentioned on one of our interviews with Debbie Kaitel mm-hmm. and she trained Debbie when she went over to Japan. That is the only thing I know about this match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know any of these women. I, I hope it's a good match. Hikaru Shida, there is Ryo, and there is Ryo Mizunami. Mizunami. That name sounds familiar and I, I don't know why. Ryo? Uh, uh, no, the, the last one you read out. Uh, Ryo Mizunami. Uh-huh. Sounds familiar. I, I don't know why. Um, but I I don't know anything about these women. Uh, apologies. Yeah. I hope but it's a great match. I think this is what Scott's saying, though. We don't know anything about them. Whereas if it's WWE, we can talk to them a bit, a bit until the, to the back teeth. But the fact that we're getting somebody new, we're getting fresh faces. But look at look at NXT. There's people like Iowa Shirai, Kyrie Sane. Me and him are massive fans of Kyrie saying she is tremendous, but we'd never have seen her as an early generation. I saw, I saw, as I said on our Mae Young Classic show, I saw Kyrie saying against Viper at Stardom. 
and I looked up, it was the first match I saw because like, I like Viper and everything she does, but I was conscious I've never seen any of her Jap Japanese work, uh, Japanese work, her work in Japan, um, and I went on and I found out, uh, the first match I found was her against Kenny Saint at Stardom. You, you can also go on Pornhub and see another of her matches in Japan, believe it or not. Anyway, what I was trying to say is, he, like, before she was killed, somebody, some sad act has literally uploaded <laughs> one of Viper's wrestling matches on Pornhub. It's a Japanese one. They're only making a cake, so it's not really that far fetched. <laughs> we'll live swiftly on from that. The only one I really know much about is Azure Kong because she did challenge. Uh, she was in the women's division in the WWE back in 94 and 95, back when it was pretty much centred around Alondra Blaze at the time, and I think she did challenge Alondra a few times for the title. That's pretty much all I know, but I think it's a case of they're trying to showcase women from all around the world, like, and still got some other great talent that they're not, uh, that aren't on this show. Like you said, we mentioned Ali, we've got B Priestley, knowing her work across the UK and in uh, Stardom. Mm -hmm. But uh, like I say, we don't have much to say, I think we'll just move on. Mm -hmm. uh, we move to the pre-show where we've got a match where I'm expecting a lot of flippy shit, as they say. A lot. Yeah. Be a lot of, that's a technical term. We have Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. Ah, I love Kip. He was great in World of Sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a man no stranger to the ITV audience. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll fit in like a like a glove, you know, yeah. or like a cloth, like a glove. Oh, like I said, a cloth. Like I don't know. Like, I know where your like like where your mind's going. I can't keep those going to be stuck with those things. Uh, That's a bell sound thing. Sammy Guevara uh, has Jam been cloth in. <laughs> Sammy has been quite heavily featured on being the elite. He's got this whole over enthusiastic blogger character where he comes up there, but he's all nice. And then as soon as he walks away, he's like, I hate that guy. Is that not MJF? That's MJF, you're thinking of? No, it's him. It's, it's him. There's MJF's got a similar gimmick, but his is like more the interview, and he goes, Oh, thanks for your time, and then goes, I hate him. And then just uh, walks Everybody dislikes well, you know, him. I'm not too familiar with Sammy, but if that's his gimmick, this sounds like a crime match. Yeah, because Sammy had a whole thing where even his mum was talking shit about him when he wasn't in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Like I said, they're very much both very good at the high flying. Like Sammy's a former Triple uh, A cruiserweight champion, so like I said, there's going to be a, a really exciting match. Kind of like when they put the cruiserweights on the pre-show, and it's a fast-paced match. Doesn't need to be too long, and it'll get the crowd excited because they're already going to be riled up because they don't know what to expect. But it's going to be an asshole as well. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to uh, get everybody's well, quick predictions. It's not bad. Uh, who do you think is going to win, Kip or Sammy? Kip for me. Sammy. Been very heavily featured. Mm -hmm. uh, I ain't Kip. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sammy. Quicker. Yeah, it's a tiebreaker thing on this. Sammy. Alright. Because one of my favourite, also, I might say, one of my favourite other segments involving Sammy where he was in a segment where a group of guys who he was backstage anyway, so he's like, oh great, I didn't see your match, but I heard of it, it was great. And then he walks away and the guy goes, we were in the same match. <laughs> and one where, one where uh, Cody rips him, rips him apart, he goes, but you'll be alright because you're one, you're one of Chris's favourites. And he walks away and he goes, he goes to his camera and goes, you guys hear that? Chris Jericho knows who I am. I need to look up more of this guy's head, bro. We're running out of time, so we'll quickly talk about the last match. We had the Casino Battle Royal, kind of the predecessor to the over budget Battle Royal, which is actually one of the highlights, surprisingly, of all mm -hmm. in, in my opinion. We have 21. Oh, is literally over budget. <laughs> yeah. We have. Uh, 21 entrants, all drawn a random card, 5 come in at random intervals until the lucky number 21 who pulls the Joker card comes out uh, 
and we talked about uh, the winner gets a future shot at the AEW title, which currently has no holder. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm gonna look up some of the. Uh, have you seen some of the participants in the match? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I get very excited that Glacier was in it, yeah. and then as I looked it up, what you yelled at me for doing, I noticed that Billy Gunn is in the Battle Royal. So I will be wearing my Ass Man T-shirt. I will be firmly in the corner of Billy Gunn. Forget about that, Jimmy Havoc, man. Mm-hmm. That, he- man that man nearly died at Progress the other week and <laughs> he's in a battle royale. Well, that may be very well but does Jimmy Havoc have a song about his ass? I think not. Good day son. I forget what I said good day. man nearly <laughs> d- bled to death while they were playing a tribute video of him. <laughs> was the tribute video a tribute to his ass? No. This, this is going to help Ross. Billy Gunn was ahead of his time mm-hmm. because think of it back when his gimmick was out women all wanted small asses. Right? Mm-hmm. And they said, my bum looks big in this. And you said, yes, they got upset. <laughs> no, uh, they all want big bums. So Billy Gunn was ahead of his time. Plus, I mean, you've got gimmicks like Joey Ryan and all that, you know, very sexualised. Change my mind. Billy, yeah. Billy Gunn, pioneer, icon. Brian, Brian, 21 man battle the, royal winner. Brian Pillman Jr. is here. Brian Pillman Jr.'s in this match as well. Yeah, we've got him. He, like, he is, but yeah, yeah, as, as we said, as Ross said, Glacier, I think, because he, he owns a gym that Corey trained for all in for, so I think that's why he's in and he knows him personally. You've got him, you've got NGF, as you mentioned, you've got Sunny Kiss, you've got uh, Joey Janela, among the others. He said Jimmy Havoc, I didn't realise he'd been officially announced, because if he hadn't, I was going to say, why is Jimmy Havoc not in this match? Because Jimmy Havoc is the man. Mm-hmm. He is great. I love Jimmy Havoc. Right. Uh, You've got a lot. Uh, got Jungle Boy. We mentioned earlier on. MLF's in it as well. MJF is it? Yeah, I mentioned. Um, I think he is a prime candidate to have the lucky twenty-one and then use that to potentially win the match because it's all gimmick. Is he is an art? He's basically an obnoxious rich guy. That is his gimmick, and he could uh, hark on this and promos and rub it in that he is like the ticket to be the next. Do you not have like an inflatable like flamingo? <laughs> One of these pictures, him and Cody, and Cody's in the phone. I know they're at Cody's pool, and there's a floating inflatable flamingo in the pool. Because <laughs> uh, he's doing this whole thing on being like, where he's maybe Cody's pal, he's all budding up to him, but Aye, as soon as he leaves, he and Brandy are getting in arguments. Like, I think those segments led everybody that NGF was going to be the reveal of Cody's opponent, and then they swerved everybody and revealed Dustin, which I think actually is more fitting. You fought Matt Cross at all in as well, I'm sure, was it? Yeah. Really yeah, no, I think that was pretty much last night. I didn't know about that until I watched it. It was, like, it was pretty much booked in the day, I'm sure. Uh-huh. So it's. Uh, first off, like I say, we were talking about the concept that were people coming at five at a time rather than just one after the other until the last person. You think if somebody like Russo booked this, everybody would be like, that's convoluted as anything, but people seem to be excited because if it, was, if it was in Money in the Bank, a lot of people would hate it. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a, almost a double standard almost because, like, as much as we've been bashing WWE, like, you gotta look at both sides, you gotta be objective. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at some of the people in there, who are kind of your favourites to potentially be the winner? Do you think they'll they'll be the same person that gets lucky number twenty one? My heart says Havoc. My heart says no, I want that one. Jimmy will win it. I don't think he will win it. I think it's MJF uh, will win this. I think he's primed for it. Yeah, I think it says prime. It's he would suit winning this match so well. Would do right, a lot the for number, him. The number twenty one as well. Yeah, that very fit. Honestly, I, I I don't know, and that's the thing I'm actually quite happy about because we do the sweeps for WWE kids, and some some is can get. Like I've done it, I've got hundred percent. You've got hundred percent, or we've got close to being that. I could honestly, we could do this, and everyone is could have different predictions. It could be, it would be a night and day. Like Europe, Europe, Europe. It would be, it, it, usually we do sweeps. It's kind of 
right, we were all level pegging until like, the, the last couple of matches. Whereas this, I, I couldn't pick a one out of that. I couldn't, I can't, I could go anywhere. Okay, you got any thoughts? It's, it seems me. Um, yeah. Jimmy Havoc, just for namesake. Yeah, it is a very interesting field. Can you imagine if Glacier won it? And Glacier's one of the first people to challenge Aye. for the EW team. He would be melted by then. Imagine with <laughs> Billy Gunn. Oh, please don't. Please not. Okay. Any more mention of that, man, and I'll be triggered, I tell you. But I think uh, that's a good point to wrap up. We've covered the card. I think what's left to say is, as a fair say, we're all excited to see what AEW's got to offer. Aye. I think it'll be a very, very good card. And it's, like I say, it is. It's, it's not fair to say if it's make or break early stage, but it could be make or break. But I think the. <laughs> As much as I said earlier on that they could be, they could end up faltering. I think this will be a phenomenal card. But they at least listen if people will always like to see this. Cool, we'll do it, and they do it. Whereas that you never be big on for matches, and they, they just never get them, and then they go, well, "We've got to pull a trigger in this match," and our guys left. Yeah. One other uh, note I've actually. Oh, well. One other note I remember on Jimmy Havoc. He recently said in an interview that he's been told he can't say the c word anymore because <laughs> he says it too much. As I said, they said. You can do whatever you do, Jimmy. Just don't say that word anymore. Probably <laughs> well, what they're potentially paying them with the money back in. I think I think it's a fair compromise. Like, go pay all this money, just don't say that word. Yeah, pretty I'm, much. I'm, you can need enough die again, but not that uh, word. <laughs> I know for whatever they're paying, what they're almost likely paying him, I'd take that compromise. Absolutely. <laughs> well, like you said, but Jimmy Havoc. They got all the elements to succeed. It's just a matter of time to see if they actually will succeed. But I think we're all very optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Pyro. All the Pyro. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to our double and review. When well, more, more, when you remind you once again to subscribe to us on all good Android podcasting sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Suplex Retreat. Check out our back call, check out our website with all links to all our past episodes and interviews. And stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We've got some uh, some new exciting shows coming up. We've got a show next week looking back at the career and the life of Owen Hart, which will be. Uh, hosted by our own Nathan Fisher. Nope, it's almost by Derek. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is news to me. We hosted by Derek Kernan. And the following week we'll have a look back at Glow Season 2, which is hosted by the man whose name I refuse to say. David Campbell, the leader of the Four Goldsmen. G O A T. I will appear. That's on, his name. <laughs> I am on that show, and I will appear, but I will be highly offended by it. <laughs> Well, V-I-D and David what's his name <laughs> wrap it up there thank you to my panel Stephen thank you Trap. thank you Ross nothing to say okay Quacky thank you and I've been Scott McLeod I've been your host and fair to say I'll not be back in the woods chair for a long time see yous listen cunts I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing whatever you think is more important with your life you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now